0: Hey, welcome to the Happy Ramp Podcast. I am Ted Cluck, joined as always in studio by my good friends, my partners in radio, Barnabas Piper and Ron Martin. Uh, boys, I, I, get the, I get the feeling we're a little glum this morning. We're a little sad. We're a little cranky. We're a little, a little gentle and lowly. Um, that being said... I don't know if gentle is the right word. Lowly. Yeah, lowly. About, which right. is lowly. Maybe that'll be the hot new book of, of 2022. Not gentle and um, just lowly. Instead of gentle and lowly, just lowly just lowly. The gentle. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Maybe that'll be our follow up to our our smash hit uh, essay collection. Uh, but boys, before we get into this um, sad and lowly conversation, uh, I, to, I want to talk about a not sad thing. Pipe that's Redbud City Coffee. Uh, it's the opposite of sad. It's coffee. It's hipster. Um, it's sourced from interesting places. Tell us about Redbud City Coffee. Yeah, we I mean we've been we've been sort of low key coffee moguls
1: for years now That's a with lot. Uh, one one coffee partner who then decided to go a different direction with his business and then with Redbud for the last year or so. So listeners, if you go to redbudcoffee.com, you can check out their variety of roasts there. They're all single origin roasts from around uh mostly mostly Central and South uh America, and then occasionally some African roasts. The Brazilian is a standard one that they have. It's my favorite one. Um it is all it's a family run business based out of central Illinois, and they do really it, it's it's fairly priced. They do really good roasts. And uh, if you use the code happy rent at checkout, you get a 10% discount. The other thing they do is they sell actually in in bulk quantity. So if you wanted to do something like get coffee provided for your church, you want to make that your standard, they can do that. So it's not just the 12 ounce bags that um, are kind of standard in the kitchen. So again, go to redbudcoffee.com, check out their roasts. Um, I recommend the Brazilian honey. Use the code HAPPYRANT as one word. Uh, HAPPYRANT at checkout for a 10% discount off your entire purchase. You won't regret it. It's pretty
0: great. Man, that's Mm -hmm. big pipe. That's a good ad Mm -hmm. read, too. Just solid radio. Um, Speaking of next big things, boys, um, that Carl Truman book, the one that's like a boat anchor, all about culture, and it'll take you like two and a half (laughs) years to read. Did you guys read that? No, it didn't come out. Two and a half years ago, I haven't had time <laughs> exactly. to finish. I mean, I haven't had time to start either, but I definitely haven't. Dude, that time. one hits at a level that's really interesting to me, which is like, I feel like that, that gets this year's award for the most like fake-liked book. You know what I mean? Where you read like 12 pages of it, and you're like, Judas, this is a slog. But you talk about it as though you've read it and liked it. Ah, it's the, it's the reputation It's the reputation-like. It's like it's what everybody fake-like. in seminary does I feel when like the, they get their book list, and they're like, yeah, I, I read everything. Totally, totally. Meaning I read twelve Heck pages yeah. of that and then uh and then, Did you read it, Big but, T? Uh well pages? <laughs> interestingly enough, I borrowed it from my pastor and and he, he warned me about it ahead of time. And I'm a good reader. You like I'm a I'm a relatively good reader and smart smart person, I think, but like he was like, Now this is a slog, dude. And and my pastor is a brilliant guy and he's like, This took me forever to get through and uh yeah, lo and behold, I grabbed it because it did look interesting. You know, the subject matter is very interesting, and it was in theory. But uh, yeah, it was it was a tough read. It so was you're like hand. you're reading
2: sentences did you, like, two and three times just to like kind of get your way to the next paragraph. Kind of a kind of a read,
0: dude. Yeah, that, and then also just giving up, <laughs> um, which is which is kind of my status with it now. I've I've given up, but. Um, is a book good if it's also I mean, a that's slog? A great Not
1: to I, me. I,
2: it has to be readable. It, it <laughs> has to be readable. You know? It does. But again, readable yeah. to who? So it's like when I'm thinking about the people right. on social that said, "Oh man, I love this. I read it in a week or whatever." It's like, well, I you know I, I, we're getting into nerd Twitter now and all of that kind of stuff. So it's like,
0: yeah, I don't know. Dude, nerd Twitter. Yeah, probably nerd Twitter loved finished
2: it, it in an afternoon with a glass of iced tea. You
0: know? Yeah, it's like a beach yeah, book correct. for nerd Twitter. Yeah, you know. And, you know, here's a... Interesting. Not right. that anybody wants to see them. But oh, that's true. Nerd Twitter How come beach, Nerd Twitter... Good.
2: Here's a question, yeah. man. So on Nerd Twitter yeah. and yeah. Truman's book, I'll tell you, man, even Nerd Twitter struggles with with Carl. You know what I mean? It's not like Nerd Twitter is really? constantly, like, promoing Carl. But um, that's as close as they got with that book, you know?
0: Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. Wow. So they they struggle with, like... What he's saying or how he's saying it? Well, you'd think they would love even how he's
2: saying it because he's just so like no nonsense and so dry and so just, you know, I'm trying Mm -hmm. so hard Mm -hmm. to like crack a smile as I'm like typing this sentence. Yeah, I don't know, you know, (laughs) but like I I don't I don't know he's. I don't, Pipe, you might have a better, like, take on this, um, being that you were uh, in the, uh, as we shall call it, industry, you know, for so many years. But, like, what Carl has, it's a, he has a fascinating relationship with, I think, everybody, tribally, if we just want to use that word, you know what I mean? Mm. So I feel like <laughs> people respect him like crazy, but everybody's kind of afraid of him and nobody wants to say that they love him too much even yeah. if they would say like you just said T like i don't know the book's probably brilliant i slogged through mm-hmm. 12 pages i had to read every sentence like 46 times yeah. and i finally gave up it's not that it's bad it's that it's hard <laughs> and yeah. i don't i don't have time yeah. for that much difficulty in my life you know
0: yeah yeah for sure
2: well carl carl's like the
1: anti he's for like sure. the anti tribe guy yeah he, you know, he has theological convictions that would align with kind of the generally reformed world, but he says enough things that make, you know, us uncomfortable. He, he's kind of curmudgeonly and cranky, so he keeps people, and he's, he's academic, so like he just sort of falls outside of all of the comfort zones. Yeah. So he's, he's too cantankerous and not kind of, he doesn't fall into any mold, to, to make people happy. So even like nerd Twitter generally, like they agree about certain things. Like there's sort of rules to this game and he doesn't play by their rules. He's too academic for the, like the, the, the gentle and lowly crowd, um, which at this point is like <laughs> 7 million people. Congratulations, Dane. Um, and, and he's, and he's kind of, he just doesn't fit anywhere. Yeah. And so it, he, he makes everybody nervous. And so everybody's like, this is great, but there's always kind of a, uh, you know, like you get guys like like Dougie Fresh who love to be cantankerous, but like they gather people around being against stuff yeah. like we're going to go light stuff on fire and all the all the the young disenfranchised men say hooray. Truman's not like that. He's like, no, go away, young disenfranchised men. You're part of the problem, not the solution. And and so he, he just doesn't he just doesn't fit anywhere. He's kind of
0: like he should be wearing like mm. camel hair and eating. Dude, he's bit. the ultimate zag guy. Like while everyone else is zigging, even like the college that he works at is kind of a like, like what, a like, what, what like, mean, a, like what is it? He's not at like where does he where does he teach? What is it? It's just random. He's at Grove City College in Pennsylvania, which is a great school, but it's just not like you know Wheaton or Westmont or like one of the quote unquote Premier like schools. Uh, big big contenders. You know, um, I, I think it's a great university. Like reputationally, it's it's elite, but like. I don't know. It's just not one of the mainstreams, you know. Isn't Grove City one that's also kind of a like libertarian? I don't mean that
1: politically. Like they just sort of they, they're not going to take government funding. They're just going to do things their own way. So. They just
0: it's like a total sort of is it march like to the, the beat of their own drum? Is it like school like generally in a good of direction? Is that what you're saying, Pipe? No, 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 no. It's not like that. I don't think. Um, I I just think no. They it, just. I think they came up with a funding model
1: that allows them to not take like government grants. And so they don't have to sort of they don't have bend to the, to the, yeah, they don't have to kiss the ring or kiss anything else for that mm-hmm. matter. And, and like that talk about things that fit Carl Truman. Yeah. Well, is you do whatever I want in a generally
0: mm-hmm. orthodox and good direction. Yeah. That wow. Sounds awesome. wild. Tip of the cap to Carl, man. He's, he's, he's living. It's the uh, book we'd all wow. like to write um, if we knew how. that's true we definitely don't know how given the book that we just just wrote
2: myself and saying i do not and will never know how to write that book that's right that's
0: right that's right although we do know how to write a certain kind of book which we're basically Mm. done with Mm. so uh shout out to Mm. our book little little pre pre pre-promo work there
1: listeners you can expect Mm. it in 2026
0: rate review fawn uh, put it on your calendars. It's coming in five years. Um, all right, boys. Are we? Uh, we're nine nine and a half minutes into this thing. Are we? Are we going to do this critical race theory deal? Um, this came through the group chat through the the pre show production meeting this morning, and we all kind of waffled a little bit, which is what we're supposed to do. And then we were we were like, huh? We've been studiously avoiding this thing for two years or however long it's existed, mm. and uh, maybe we should talk about it. And the way Pipe framed the question was great, so I'm just going to read it off the group chat. Um, the question was, and Pipe, Pipe really dialed it up here, man. I could, I could tell he was having some fun with this. One more, comma, and this might make you both choke. Colon. Is critical race theory really a big deal? So it. there it is, boys. Big, tea, big T. Big t-, t, We're teeing it up. Big T teeing it up. Um, I don't know. I guess I can get us started in saying that... Uh, and this is probably a thousand kinds of wrong. All right. So let's just... We can get the caveats out of the way up front. But uh, in my life, in terms of the, the black athletes that I work with, it's not even a thing. Like not one person has ever asked me to like lament or sit in my discomfort or any of those sort of self-flagellating things that we're supposed to do with critical race theory. And I think it's because sports is very manifestly about problem solving. And so we're constantly solving problems together, which if you like football is a really fun process. And if I don't teach them how to play their positions, then we're we're all gonna be lamenting. And uh the the great thing about sports is when you lose you lament together, when you win, you celebrate together, and that's kind of the addictive quality of it. So yeah, I would I would say in in my life, it's really not even a thing, I, except when I'm around a certain kind of white academic, then it's very much a thing. Um So I don't know, what about you guys? What well, I I feel like there's a
1: well, we need to acknowledge, first of all, you've said get all the caveats out of the way. We are three white males who are kind of staunchly, firmly middle class <laughs> and um, generally on the more conservative end of definitely the theological spectrum and whatever. So we are in the camp who should be profoundly threatened by this thing if it is the boogeyman that they, whoever they are, has made it out to be. Um I would like to go on record saying I'm not at all threatened by this faux boogeyman, mm. and in large part because I haven't heard a single critic of critical race theory, like the popular ones, define it. Mm. Nobody knows what it is. <laughs> who is mad at? Yeah. It. They're mad at. They're they're mad at a whole variety of things. Which I, from what I understand, from the amount, like I've done some reading to try to understand what is this thing from what I understand, what most people are scared of is not even, it's like, it's like six degrees of separation from what critical race theory is. So I guess I'd like to say, no, I'm not threatened by it. Um, I don't know of a single church that has crumbled because of this, which is apparently the great threat to the the American evangelical church is that this is gonna, it's, it's supplanting the gospel, which sounds like horse manure to me. I don't see that anywhere. Um, you you mentioned the certain white academics that seems to be the crowd who, for for whom this is a mm-hmm. thing because it's an academic right. theory, you know, kind of functions at the grad school sure. level. I guess I'm just not overly bothered by this thing, and it's it feels a little bit like the uh, you know like McCarthyism when they, they there was a communist behind every you know it, it behind every door and. in in locked in every closet and we're going to find them all. It kind of feels like that in terms of like, oh, we don't really know what this communism thing is. There may be that
0: now. And we're just kind of
1: accusing everybody. We should bring
0: back McCarthyism maybe. But, um,
1: (laughs) yeah, those are, those were good days for America in so many Uh, ways. Well,
0: and these are tremendous days for America, but, but to your point pipe, it's a very good point. Um, it actually reminds me of postmodernism circa like 15 years ago. Remember that whole deal? Where like the word postmodern stood in for like whatever scary thing you wanted to make it for whatever
1: I disagree whatever with, whatever I
0: disagree with, exactly. Um, and I think I was I played a small role in making mm. it do that. So um, shout out to me. <laughs> but um,
2: <laughs> big R, where are you where are you oh, on man. this? I don't know. Um, you know, I, I yeah. <laughs> yeah, you do. Quit, quit. I don't know what Pike said in some ways. I, I the new McCarthyism is, I, that's, there's, I think there's some, I think there's some crossover with, with that, with that theory, um, about the theory that we're theorizing about right now. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, gosh, man, I, yeah, it, it feels, um, it feels like something to distract from something bigger going on. And so if you've, if you've taken even like a, mm you know, a, a, a dive into the shallow end of this thing. It, it just feels like the people that are super upset about it are, it's, it's a way to distract from something that is, has gone, you know, undealt with. Um And again, this could just deep this could just dive us deeper and, and, you know, walk us down, you know, a million different rabbit trails. But I mean, the, the idea that, you know, the idea that critical race theory is, you know, one of the greatest threats to, you know, evangelicalism is it, it feels like it's, it's casting a blind eye at other issues that are actually threatening the church. And then again, break down what threatening the church means, because according to scripture, nothing can really threaten the church because God builds it and what God builds is never under threat. And um, so we believe that I know the three of us believe that. And so I, you know, we're not going to be standing with that crowd mm-hmm. That's, you know, always trying to find like the boogeyman that's ready to, um, you know, destroy the gospel, tear down the church and, you know, create a really at the end of the day, you know, sort of an American landscape that's, that's just a little less comfortable for us than what we've enjoyed over the last, you know, 40 or 50 years. And I think it, um, you know, I, you know, I, I think we just want to, we want to be careful. We want to, we want to learn about what these things are. We want to say, hey, is there anything we can learn from it? Are there some, is there something to critical race theory that it contains that we can go, Hey, I I think there's some truth in there. Is there something when you look at it broadly that you, you have to say, man, I, I can't, you know, I can't adopt this as a theory or as a, as a, as a philosophy in my life. And I think there's just, there's something down the middle that I think I would like to arrive at, which I think a lot of people would like to arrive at without being an alarmist and without thinking everything's just going to hell in a handbasket and i i don't, you know it's always that middle ground that you're trying to find with these things um if you can and and uh, you know i think we're i think some of us who are engaging in these conversations and i've been in a lot of these conversations over the past year i think there really is like this middle road and there's going to be a lot of ultra far right reform d kind of conservatives that would disagree with that and those are the people that you know are uh, are making all the noise and the racket and uh you know i would say um you know Pass the ketchup, man. I want to eat.
0: Is that who's making noise here?
2: Um, Yeah, yeah. So you know, it's it's the uh, it's it's the Owen Strands of the world, and you know all of that that are just going haywire over this whole thing, you know. And uh, Mm. yeah, Mm.
1: well, and yeah, there's and you know, Vodi Bachum came out with a book called Fault Lines, which has been selling like gangbusters to everybody who is predisposed to. Uh, dislike anything having to do with like systemic racism, which is not the same as critical race theory, but they're, they're kind of tangentially related. And, uh, and because Vody's black, it gives white conservatives sort of a, Hey, look what this guy says thing. They, they love to to kind of jump on his words that way. And so, yeah, there's a bunch of that, but then there's like, there's all this other stuff mixed in. Like Owen loves to go after wokeness as like an anti gospel thing. But again, with a super fuzzy definition of it and, It's, yeah, it's this whole, like, there's this whole category of, like, race is uncomfortable. And so when we can slap uh, derogatory and villainous labels on it, like, if we can label wokeness and CRT, those are the two villainous labels, then we get to dismiss the whole thing instead of, like Ronnie said, kind of engaging an actual issue of both society and soul. And that's, you know, that's not anybody's comfortable place and you know coming from coming from the 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 white perspective there's a sense of like we've been we've been villainized so we're now going to push back and villainize these theories or these terms and it's all kind of asinine in in the way that it's being handled um i don't know that outside of an academic realm i don't think i've ever heard a fruitful conversation about critical race theory you know in terms like And at that level, it's it's the kind of thing that like one percent of people would understand. It's like Carl Truman talking about any theory, and it it just it's not. It doesn't it doesn't affect most people every day, and yet it's being kind of pulled down into the into the like the bottom shelf where people are kind of wrestling or or haggling about this thing that they have no actual concept of. Um, It yeah, it's it's it makes me wonder like what is the what is like the red the red flag we can wave to get like the mad bull of of conservatism to chase something else instead? Like we we had postmodernism, you know, we had a emergent church. Now can we get like can we get something and wave it so that they move off of CRT and go charge at something else cuz this is
2: getting sure. tiresome. It's uh, yeah, it is tiresome and I think it's just it's like all it's like anything we, you know, to bring it back more broadly, right? It's just it's like we love distractions and we we love self justification so much. And, you know, anytime we can find something to, you know, blow a whistle on that sort of gets the gets the attention off of things that have gone undealt with in our lives or as a church or as a movement, um, man, we just seem to be really drawn to that rather than just stopping, pausing and saying, hey, if there's a whole people group that's saying something, why don't we just listen for a minute and just kind of hear their lament, hear what they're saying, be humble, shut up for one second. And stop trying to justify like, you know, everything we've done over the last, you know, X number hundred of years and um, take responsibility for what we can take responsibility for and just just listen for a minute and, and not not have to like de- not have to devise all of these other counter systems and responses that just takes, you know, sort of the emphasis off the people that are actually, you know, hurting you know, over some of these things. And we just really, we're really bad at that as the church. You know, we're, we're really bad about just pausing and for once in our lives, like not saying something and just listening. And, and I think this is one of those moments, at least that we could, that we're going to be able to look back on and go, Oh man, we could have responded so differently to this. And, um, we didn't. So here's a, like, here's an example, right? So last summer I had a guy that, was accusing me of critical race theory, even though I had literally never heard the term, I didn't know what it was. And I proceeded to take, and no joke, wait for it. I I proceeded to take two, three to four hour walks. This was in the height of the pandemic. I took two, three to four hour walks with this guy while he was telling me that I was a critical race theorist while I was saying, but can you just tell me what it is though? Because maybe I am, I don't know, but I don't even know what it is. And we got into this debate literally for eight hours, him telling me something that I didn't know what it was. I didn't think I was, but I said, you know, I want to have this conversation with you. And then he ended up telling me something that I wasn't, that I still don't know what it was he was trying to communicate to me about at, at the end of the day. And it all rooted down to, you know, somehow to John MacArthur. He's He left the church, you know, a month later. And here I am, you know, that's just one example of like how twisted and confusing and how it was sort of weaponized um, as a way to say, hey, we can't find unity because I think you're something that you don't even know exists that you are, that I'm not even going to give you the opportunity to, to talk and discuss and to, and to come up with any sort of reasonable conversation to, to, you know, work our way through this. And it's just, it's like, it's, that's the kind of ridiculousness. And if you talk to other pastors and other leaders, that's the kind of ridiculousness that a lot of people have experienced over the last year. And it's, it's, it's like it verges on insanity. You know what I mean? It's insane. Like I, you know, like this. Yeah. (laughs) When it's,
1: it's such a, it's such a misconstrued, misconstrued sense of proportion, you know, in terms of like eternal truths that matter versus, you know, blip on the radar, cultural hotbed issues. And I don't mean that race is that, I mean that this, this weirdo accusation about critical race theory is, and so when I was going through sort of the candidating process to, to, to be called as a pastor at a So I was already at the church. People generally knew me, but there was, you know, we did these Q and a things and whatever. So people could kind of get whatever questions answered they wanted to. And there was one that was, it was an anonymous question that was submitted, which is by the way, not great. Anonymous questions to pastors are almost never good. Um, but, and it was basically like, where do you stand on dangerous issues to the church? Like critical race theory. So I'm candidating to be a, an assistant pastor at a church. You know, the whole point is like, how did you come to know the Lord? Tell us about your family. You know, theological education. Where do you stand on the gospel? These these kind of things. And then this is the the dangerous issue that gets raised by this anonymous question asker. And and I just even when I got, I just sort of laughed when I got it because I'm like well, I'm not going to dismiss the question, but there's the the sense of proportion is so backwards because that's the thing that has like eaten up this person's mind in terms of fear for the church. And this is what's dividing us. And it's, it's kind of absurd because that's only true. If you let it, it's only divisive in the church. If you let it be. And if you just say, yeah i mean it's there are people who study that and we should have fruitful conversations about race and about injustice and about different things where's the threat but people are just they can't even get there they're just hung up on this
2: thing which is wild to me T, comment <laughs> you're you're awful quiet man i don't know if you're eating something or you just finished like the next chap on our book or where you at baby
0: Baby, I'm just sitting and listening and just resisting the urge to come back with some argument. I'm I'm just just listening, you know? Um I'm I'm doing what "quote unquote conservatives should do," I guess. Mm. Um I don't know. I'm I'm being glib, but uh yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I think we've said it all. Ted, I appreciated the way you started this though
1: because you didn't start it with big issue. You started it with when I talk to the players that I coach who have, you yeah. know, they're They're black, you're white, they have a different background than you do, et cetera, like this it just it recategorizes things, and I kind of feel like that's the premise for where the conversation ought to be mm-hmm. in terms of like when I talk to people who are different than me and I hear their perspective dot 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 that I feel like is is where we've gone off the rails in a significant yeah. way, yeah is. You started with the place we probably should have concluded with, which is that that seems fruitful.
0: We should do that. Yeah, I mean, it it presupposes a level of interest in another person. And I think, you know, and we, we sound like broken records to some degree on this because it always kind of goes back to the performative aspects of life in 2021. But uh, a conversation about critical race theory isn't about the other person as much as it's about me and how it can make me look. Whereas, I don't know, coaching, teaching, pastoring, right? It it is fundamentally about someone else and I think in that it can be really healthy. Um but yeah, I don't know. We you know what I'm proud of, boys? I'm proud of us just for doing this. It was like a like a little band-aid we needed to rip off, right? We <laughs> we needed to do it. You mean they'll be the last and, um, group of people that have entered into this conversation? Literally the last... That's like, it. Literally, that's it'll right. die
2: now because we have finally spoken to it.
0: Dude, I actually think it will die now because typically when like we get around to addressing things like this, they're, they're on the death rattle. So uh, maybe maybe this is a good thing. Um, anyway. And what is, what is the opposite of cutting edge? Because that's what we are. <laughs> Blunt. Um, <laughs> like butt end of the exactly. handle? exactly, butt end it. of the handle on this. Exactly, no need. college rule paper. Yeah, yeah. We're <laughs> exactly we're the we're the soft, <laughs> flabby edge of this issue, and uh, there you have it. Um. So so I have an issue too. Uh, just a a real kind of cutting edge one that that I need to talk about, which is just from a production standpoint. Boys, we're twenty seven minutes into this deal. Um, if we wrap it now, it's a real short app. We could end on a little lighter note, mm. which might be nice. Uh, so let's do like 10 minutes on what we're watching, reading, listening to, um, before we close, what might be our worst app in a long time? Um, let's, we say that often. We do. So, we do. Uh, I mean, this are this we just, just trying to was set new are we our own worst critics boys? I think it
2: was horrible. I think it was just more serious. I don't think it was
0: horrible. It was, yeah, you know, it, yeah. Uh, it's just a topic you yeah. hate. That's well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, terrifying. to be fair, I mean, I don't hate it. That would make me a That'd horrible person. Critical race, piece. so yes. I don't. Know. I'm just sitting with it. You know, I'm just listening. Yeah, um, man. yeah, exactly. I'm the bad guy. I am. I mean, I am the bad guy. Can we all just agree? Well, what? totally. You, you guys are the bad well, guy. I too, mean, though. that just depends I where mean, we land on critical race theory, whether we're the bad guy or not. If you say that. <laughs> If you say that I'm the bad guy, you're sort of putting yourself forward as the good guy. And um Not if I'm
1: posturing as woke, however, in which case I have I have great virtue
0: and you are Well, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, you guys have incredible virtue and I'm a I'm a terrible guy. Yeah. So that's a dynamic of the group, you know. Um All right, what are we what are we reading? Listening to or watching, and if you say something critical race theory related, you're kicked off the show for the rest <laughs> of your life. Reading fault time. lines. Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Um No, uh, I I just finished not too long ago a book called Anxious People mm. by Frederick. I don't know how to say his last name. If it's or oh, yeah, Bachman guy, or Bachman, Bachman. Uh, yeah. I, I've never read anything by him that I didn't think was kind of brilliant in its own right. He just has the kind of quirkiest, most observance way of writing humanity yeah. of, of any author I've read in recent years. And so it's like describing the plots of his novels is kind of pointless yeah. because they're just a they're just a premise for him to write incredibly interesting characters in a really funny yeah and also heartfelt way he managed to be like make you really laugh and then really feel for the characters yeah. uh so he's he's probably in my top 3 or 4 favorite authors currently and anxious people was just another in a long line of amazing books that he's put out and i i loved it
0: nice yeah he was the man called Ove yeah. guy right yeah, yeah yeah yeah
1: and he did he did bear town and then the follow up on it called us against you He's done he's done a bunch and they're all different like mm. they all have a very different feel and each of them is is
0: remarkably good. That'd be a fun career to have, you know? It feels like he's just writing about what he wants to write and doing it at a high level. Um I like it. Yeah, and I I feel like there's he's uh, I think he's Swedish mm-hmm. and all
1: of his books are written in Swedish and then translated, which makes it even more impressive because whoever's doing the translating manages to capture like the wording and the spirit Mm -hmm. of what he's doing. And it's, yeah, I don't, it's like a a whole team effort to kind of bring the American people who don't know Swedish,
0: these, these brilliant books. Well, speaking of Swedish, this is going to sound unspeakably hipster and insufferable, but uh, for like the last six months, KK and I have only watched like foreign like subtitled crime mm. dramas, for some reason we've been yeah we've been on the like you know non-American you means you're on the Swedish thing, tip? which is man. weird because yeah yeah kind of on the Swedish tip, but we're we're into this um, Belgian mm. thing now. Uh, it, it's called Professor T, um, and it's yeah, solid. For, dude, did you just pick it for the name? No, no, we picked it because uh, our friends the Markham, shout out the Markhams, their listeners, um, they were into it and they actually like. Now that I think of it, they have really dialed up our like foreign crime show game because they got us onto this thing called Rocco Schiavone's Ice Cold Murders, which was an Italian crime show, um, which was amazing. <laughs> so we, we watched all of those and, and now we're onto Professor T, which is Belgian. And it's just about this eccentric, like super socially awkward dude who's a professor, but who helps like the, the Belgian authorities solve murders. Um, so yeah, that's, that's what we're watching all foreign, mostly crime related. We did this thing called, we did an Icelandic Mm -hmm. one, baby, that you would have loved because you love Iceland. (laughs) Um, it was called trapped.
2: Yes.
0: (laughs) Yeah. You love Iceland. Don't you, baby? Is that, that's a thing you're known for. I have no idea. I haven't
2: been there. I don't, I don't know, but sure.
0: I feel like you and I talk. I mean, I wouldn't mind going there someday. Despite having never been there. We should go. Yeah. We should do it a lot. We should do a live, uh, live show there. We should go. We should do a live show in Iceland. I wonder what our fans. Oh,
2: are it's like huge. In I've I've looked into it. It would. Uh, yeah. I don't know if they have a venue there that could contain us. So,
0: given that there are like nine people that live there, I feel like five or six of them are our rant listeners, yeah, just diehards. Right. Yeah, we would do it, Ted. Ted, can I? Like, what What is the difference in sort of feel
1: and style of foreign language crime dramas yeah. versus your American crime dramas? Because I haven't. Yeah. I haven't done a lot of the like subtitled Italian
0: detective thing. I would say that the the one tie that like binds all of these shows together for us is that they have at least one, usually more than one, super complex, super compelling main characters that are layered and interesting, and they like they let the stories unfold in a way that's kind of a slow burn, which we like. It, it's more Downton Abbey than like. Um, I don't know, some super fast-paced, action-y kind of thing. Um, And I just, I like that. I like dialogue. I like really good characters. To be honest, like, there's a little bit of, like, set design porn going on for me in it, in that, like, I just like, I like the interiors and the exteriors of these cities. And, um, I don't know, it's a nice, it's a nice, like, place to inhabit, I guess, is the best way to put it. Yeah. Got it. That makes total sense. Yeah, to me. for sure, for sure. Baby, what about you? Reading, watching, listening to? Oh my gosh,
2: um, it's insane. <laughs> it, baby, it's hard. hard it's you? always hard. hard for me.
0: You just did twenty five minutes, of It's hard.
2: race theory, and you <laughs> can't no, say what you're it's watching. It's hard when you ask me because like, I, because I'm just like a oh, dude. It so is. So I'm like hard, a dry baby. lake right now with all with all that kind of stuff, man. It's like there's nothing. I don't know because I'm knee deep into like. Okay, so okay, here's one. This one just came to mind. Um, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. What do you need? To well, do you I'm do? just doing all this classwork
2: right now, and it's like literally stealing my soul. Oh, that's. Well, um, right. oh, um, what soul I had is gone, um, which is a real great <laughs> plug yeah, for seminary. Right.
1: Well, I think you lost it by being a critical race theorist last year, so I think You're, I at you're just
2: at now. rock bottom, dude. Now. Can I?
0: Go, can I go like one minute? Yeah, I mean, on we, can, we can go. We can go. I like want to bounce a thing off you guys. In
2: my my, I'm like the worst guy that should be promoting it. So yeah, go for it.
0: Well, dude, this is this is the opposite of promoting it. I I have like at least two buddies here in town who they both went to seminary. They went all the way through, and their take on it—they're not pastors now. Their take on it was, seminary like killed my love of reading. Like I don't read anymore because of seminary, and uh, I just wondered like what you think of that take. Um, Yeah, it's interesting to me.
2: So what I've – this is my third round through Sim, okay? So maybe that's why I'm a little – Okay. I'm a little, how shall we say, uh, weary. Third. Um, yeah, Third that, time's a charm. Feel like it. Anyway, so the um, – yeah, so the books are getting a little bit – they're different. Like my first run through years ago, it was all academic. And now they're, they're sort of yeah. – they are blending it a little bit with less academic books mixed with nice. academic books um but it's still it doesn't mm-hmm. matter though because at the end of the day you 're not reading anything you would choose to read you know um and yeah. i think that 's what's yeah. i think that 's what 's so miserable about it so what i 'm doing is i 'm squeaking in a book here and there in between all of the reading so come january seventeenth twenty two i 'll be able to go back and read whatever I want but for now i 'm just kind of you know i 'm kind of just knee deep into all this stuff i'm i'm in the i'm in the quicksand of horrible seminary reading.
1: Oh, you're about to start pumping money into that music. Oh, I'm already doing that. Industry. That gives me just <laughs> a true. little
2: Yeah, I know I'm still doing that pipe because it's the only thing that gives me any sort of relief. But the last book I read was um that I really enjoyed and I read it in like two days was that Eugene Peterson bio. I just kinda ate that one up. So that was a really great read for me. By uh
1: made for yeah. really good Instagram posts too. I mean, just really, really scenic posing of the book. Yeah, I I, did it
2: at the beach. So like I I spent two days just laying on the sand and I just, man, it was like a thick book. I think Wynn Collier is the author. And um, dude, it was just a fascinating kind of step into Peterson's life and just sort of um, how, you know, kind of like the, uh, you know, basically like Peterson was, I mean, he was like the norm core pastor of all, you know, normal pastors, you know what I mean? And uh, just for a guy that had that – for a guy that ended up being as, like, world-renowned as he was, like, by looking at his life, like, even even while he's, like, you know, writing the message and all that, like, you would have never known that he was a person that had done anything, you know, significant other than just pastoring a church of, like, 200 people. You know what I mean? And um, so it was just really – it was just really fascinating to sort of read, like, his life and what led him – you know, into, uh, you know, the interest that he had. And even a dude that ended up writing the kind of like translation that he wrote, you know, with the message, it's just, it. it's, oh, there's like a lot of contradictions. It almost feels like in his life in some ways where not, and I, by contradictions, I don't mean that negatively where you would just go, Oh, weird, man. So you're, you're, you're going to write this weird translation now, you know, and it just, things just sort of happened to him, you know, rather than being like this strategic, like plotter. You know, he was just like, things just sort of came to him and he just sort of took things as they came. It's just fascinating. It was just really fascinating, which, which again, no social media. It was pre all of that. So his life was just kind of lived before the Lord. The Lord brought him these opportunities. And again, a brilliant minded dude, obviously. And, um, he just was, you know, just, uh, just an obedient sort of plotter, you know, with no, uh, you know, with nothing about him that from the outside you would look at and go, Oh man, I just I just want to be like that guy. You know what I mean? So it's just I don't know, it's so opposite mm. to what we see today, and it was just yeah. fascinating. That's my hot take right there.
0: No, that's good, man. No, that's good. And and I can see I can see people today being drawn to that kind mm-hmm. of a motif. And we probably mm-hmm. should be drawn to it. I have a question. I have a burning follow up question vis a vis. The Eugene Peterson biography. Um, I get the sense that it was comprehensive and, and deep dive. My question to you is, like, was there ever a time period like during the eighties where he just went by Gene, <laughs> like Gene Peterson?
2: Yeah. Like, okay. So that's a really interesting question to you because I, I think, yeah. I think he, it's, I forget, man. <laughs> like he didn't like, he changed his name back to Eugene because he thought, he thought mm. that it was, yeah, he goodness. thought that what it was, was more it? serious sounding than Gene, so he did. Like, I'm I'm probably screwing that up somehow. Yeah. But like, there was something to like him saying, you know what? I'm gonna go back to my original name because everybody's calling me Gene, and it's just like I don't know. Like, it did, he didn't like the ring to it, so he went back to Eugene. Yeah, yeah, dude, yeah. right. Dude, pastor author types,
0: man, they like. Yeah, something it's like serious. me going back to Ronald. That's a, that's a bit like of a deal. You going back to like Theodore or whatever? whatever yeah, name, whatever dude. The long
2: name is. Yeah,
0: is it Theodore? Yeah, I don't have a long name. It's just oh, it's no, just it's Ted. just All Ted. Right. Gotcha. That's my name. That's my long name. Yeah, that's the long and the short of it. But dude, if you if you would Oh, it would change Ronald everything. for li- I'd be that I'd would be too, stiff, I'd be too dude. big for so the like pod. Certain, I, I couldn't of of even be on this
2: pod anymore if I did that, obviously. I mean, I would
0: be Dude, you should be Ronald on the cover of our of I our should just in fact,
2: record. I should just go Ronald J. Martin should be the that should be what my my author name. Yeah, yeah. Is. dude. For on that 2026
1: 100% 100% something for people
0: look for. I mean, I don't know if,
2: you know.
1: Yeah, you can only do that once you once you finish seminary. Yeah. Well, I'll be Doc times. Martin. I'll be Doc that's Martin
2: true. when I like you have, when I you finish have to that.
0: earn so the, right
1: to the
2: name on home. the book really should just say. By the time it gets released, I will have been done with this
0: uh, with this gig for like four years. I'll just I'm just going to put Doc Martin on the cover. So, if that's... dude, are you gonna put, are you are you gonna do like the Doctor Flex on your um like the that little sliding like nameplate outside of the office <laughs> in your church? Is it gonna say Doctor? Dr. Ronald J. Martin, if we had an PhD. office
2: at the church, you better believe I would do that. Yeah, hundred percent. I'm kidding. I would never do that.
0: Maybe you don't. I mean, not really.
2: No, not in like an official office or anything. So
0: here's the deal, dude. We got to get you into a little office situation at your church, and we got to get you into some. Dude, I'm all crime into drama. the foreign crime dramas. That's, I that's hate the bring office you up, thing.
2: That's you know? not my gig. So yeah, yeah, it's not my thing. But I, no, I'll never do the doctor thing. That's my generation. Just is like uh, we're yeah. queasy about that. T. You know what I'm saying?
0: It's just like uh uh yeah yeah i guess man yeah 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 you gotta you gotta you haven't achieved right like when down. when rts yeah, asked but, me to come and like you, and teach on something Ronnie, i'll go with the a... doctor
2: thing in that moment but other than that it's there's too much shame there yeah
1: yeah how can you be a legitimate a game, critical
2: race theorist well, without that's a the PhD, problem is i'm not getting a phd though. i'm getting a demon so i'm not you know so I, i'm already out on them. You yeah, but no, still, you can You can yeah. still call yourself yeah.
1: doctor, and then it just adds weight. It adds way more. Yeah, me and Tim Keller with our demons,
2: demons can still like, go it's by doctor. It's for super
0: sure. great. See, dude, does it strike you as weird? Here's another seminary follow-up: that demon. When you say it like yeah. that, it sounds like demon. Not to go all like Frank Peretti on it, but it no, really that, does. We've made that joke like 77 times. I have some times, concerns. So about about it's it. yeah,
2: it's it's pretty amazing that that is really what it sounds like.
0: Oh yeah, wait, you Absolutely. have. Yeah, you just shade. No, not at being all. Being no, no, no. I'm saying like you're so that just. Hurts, that's what I, I do it. Bit, but I do it. Yeah, I'm hurting <laughs> a little bit over here now. Yeah, you do it. So in the in the in the like seminary community, it's a joke. Yeah, like it's a demon. I make the, I make the joke okay. all the time, and I just say D E M O N. I don't even. Okay.
2: I just. Okay. <laughs> I just say it. You know, that's what it is. Because, dude, let me just tell you, it feels like it. It feels like the demon on my back, man. No, I know. Let me tell you I, that much.
0: And that it, yeah how I yeah, it feels you know practically I mean?
2: occultic. Yeah. It's so oppressive right now in my life.
0: Yes. Yes. It's oppressive to you. It's dark. Yes. It's occultic. It and yet it's <laughs> it's a thing that you're paying course, it's for. it's January seventeenth. <laughs> and and reading a wait, what wait what happens
2: January seventeenth? Yeah, it's up. It's January seventeenth. Uh, yeah. So that's that's, the, that's date. the date. That's the date. So
0: We should do our live show, and that's the The last day of my last class. Yes, so there we go. That's also the date of one hundred percent. I can't
2: even imagine anything more glorious. pencil it in with all nine with all nine residents of Iceland, dude. We're we're gonna guys.
0: If we wanted to switch from Iceland to Greenland, we could get like four people at the show. dude, I'm not about numbers. You know, I don't like to put a number on success which explains a lot about my career. So like a so like, like a mega church in yeah. Iceland
2: would be like 27 people. It'd be epic. You know what I mean?
0: <laughs> <laughs> dude, I love it. It would be like a Dude, here's a here's a concept for you and I know you're going to resonate with this cuz you like tiny houses. Um what about like a tiny mega church where like you go into it and it only seats like 27 people, but in all other ways, it still looks like a mega church <laughs> with like stadium seating and a little, yes. like little fake ficus trees and like a, a super, a super hot little worship band. And, and, and yet it's dude, like I think that would be so epic, man. Little. I would love that so much. Dude, that would yeah. be sick. Wouldn't it? I wish this is when I wish I was like a, a visual artist, dude. I wish I was like Makoto Fujimura and I oh, could dude. like paint that have, have, and bring it yeah, to Yeah, life. absolutely. You know what I mean? I, he would He just would do it in the abstract. <laughs> be just like b- a bunch of It would just look like a grace. Represent. It would look like dude, a no, grace. No, that's not what I'm looking
2: for. <laughs> Essentially. We're killing him.
0: Yeah. I need I need
2: ultra realistic. Well, dude, on check that. this I out. So on feel that, feel like Big a, T, and, and I know we're rabbiting right yeah. now a little bit, but on that. Yeah, yeah. So I was I was yeah, I was yeah. speaking at something like last year, and this dude comes up mm-hmm. to me. And uh, he's like one of like the church. He's like kind of one of the uh, the the SBC Church Plant Regional Guru guys. I don't know what they're called. And uh, and he literally said to me, we were just chatting, and I said, "So man, do you do a lot of travel." He goes, "Yeah, I'm actually traveling to Iceland next week." And I went, "What?" He goes, "Yeah, no, I lived out there for three years." Oh. I said, "Dude, are you joking with me right now?" He goes, "No, I planted some churches out there." I go, "Dude, you planted churches in Iceland?" He goes, "Yeah, you want to come?" And I said, "Yeah." I go. Is that even a question, man? I go. Like yeah. so you just. Go? He goes. Yeah. I go out there once a year because I, I was there for three years. I planted some churches. I moved back, but I go back once a year to check on them and see how they're doing. I go, dude. I go. If you're serious about that, <laughs> I go. I'm gonna go out there. I'm gonna hit Iceland with you, and I'm gonna do a do a podcast while I'm out there. And he said, Yeah, absolutely. Whatever you want.
0: Solid, dude. How? Let's, let's that? all go. Yeah. Let's. Uh, it would be epic. It'd be huge. We could check out some we'll kind of what we're churches. doing in Dallas,
2: but doing it in Iceland.
0: Oh my gosh, dude. I would love that. Pipe it, felt it, it, quiet. It He's like, anyway. Was... No, Pipe's in. Pipe's in on the Iceland thing.
1: Oh, yeah. No, I just, I thought it was a given that I was in. Yeah. I mean, especially because <laughs> it's not Dallas. Yeah,
0: exactly. Dude, live in Dallas, live in Iceland. Live in Iceland like would
2: cool. be insane. Uh, we got to end this thing, by the way.
0: Yeah. um Yeah, we should. So we've done what we always do. Um, Actually, we've done what we haven't done in two years, which is uh, acknowledge (laughs) critical race theory on our program. So we've done what we never do. And uh, until next time.
1: The Happy Rant is brought to you by Resonate Recordings. If you go to ResonateRecordings.com, you can see the full range of services they offer. So if you're considering starting a podcast, they are the ones we recommend going with.